What's up, gamers? This is Battle Mylet Podcast, episode 35, Hex Ed Rivals Plus Review. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mylet Podcast is a podcast uh, delving into the minds of two to four busy gamers. Uh, maybe their annual journey to the Nova Open Convention maybe. supposedly happening. We don't know if we're going to go or not. Um, fingers crossed, stars may align. Um, also delving into games that we love uh, and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared Johnson, and tonight I am joined by Jason Tabled New Murray. Hello, welcome to yet another episode of the two of us. Here we are, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. And and try we will. Uh, so this episode is going to be a uh, an overview slash review of the Rivals Plus format for Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, Rivals Plus is uh, constructing a deck from Warband specific cards, and then uh, any number of cards from any of three different sets. So you would pick your Warband cards and then choose another set, uh, either Silent Menace, Illusory Might, or the Essentials Pack. And then you can take any number of cards from those sets as well, and you construct your deck. So a little bit more deck construction intensive than your standard Rivals format. It's also been gaining lots of popularity uh, at Nottingham. Uh, the Bugman's tournaments have been uh, pretty popular over there. Uh, and we just recently ran a tournament using the Rivals Plus format, which we will dive into. Um, so in this episode, we do want to cover the tournament that we uh, that Jason graciously TO'd uh, that I got to play in uh, along with some other local members of the community. Uh, and then we're going to go through kind of what it looks like to build a Rivals Plus deck, the choices that you would make, whether you choose Silent Menace, Illusory Might, or the Essentials Pack, and why you make those choices, and also dive into maybe which warbands make sense for those choices. So uh, it's a lot. Uh, Jason, you got anything to add before? Uh, I guess we'll just take a break and and jump into the tournament. No, I'm excited to start talking about the tournament, and I think you covered it all. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, so we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we will uh, talk about the Rivals Plus tournament that Jason just TO'd. Are you ready to talk about the Rivals Plus tournament? Uh, So ready. Oh, so So ready to talk about how, once again, the glass has eluded me. (laughs) That's my favorite thing to talk about. Man, you were... You didn't even climb in my pocket this one. I mean, what happened? Well, I don't think I was in anybody's pocket, really, other than maybe my own pocket. There you go. Or I was in Headcracker's pocket when he... Or not Headcracker, in Toofdagger's pocket when he decided to fail four four dice attacks in a row. That was pretty painful to watch. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so let's talk about... We had a tournament this past weekend. um, Rivals Plus tournament. Appreciate everyone that came out. Um, we had five of us that showed up, so that means that I got to actually sit out in TO, which was an interesting experience because I've I've never t- this is my first TO experience. Wow, you wouldn't know that. You uh, did a great job. Well, why thank you. Um, I appreciate that, um, but it was a, it was an interesting experience to to say the least. Um, you know, I like get home and Sarah's like, "How was playing games?" And I was like, "Oh, did you have fun?" And I'm like. I did have fun, but do you know how many games that daddy played today? Zero. She's like, what? Zero. You were gone all day. 
but um, no, I was happy to do it. Really happy to build the community here, here in the greater Raleigh area. Um, and more importantly, to step aside and watch four of what I think are some of our best local players go at it. Um, I should say three. I don't think I include you in that, but oh, that's um, fair. <laughs> but no, you know, Steven, Jimmy, Trace, and yourself bringing out the Rivals Plus uh, decks and warbands. Um, but I definitely made a few mistakes as a TO, and I don't know if you noticed them or not. So, um, I mean, I can pretend like I didn't notice. I think, really, <laughs> I think there was really only one mistake that I really noticed. Um, and it, uh, I think, I mean, you caught it early enough that it didn't affect anything. I don't, you know, it didn't change anything about the way that I played or the way that I don't think anyone else played. Yeah. Um, but it would have been interesting to run a tournament where a player that is not undefeated wins over a player that is undefeated. So yeah, it would have been interesting. Why don't you walk through that? So I, you know, I put together the packet and put the the packet was out there for like a month. I'm, you know, I'm what it told me, and you know, tos will will definitely agree is that no one reads the packet, and I can now a hundred percent relate to that because. Um, so I put together the packet and I used the Warlords packet from Warhammer World. They put on, you know, it was kind of like a Rivals Plus slash some other things tournament not too long ago, about 30 days ago. But in that packet, they had like ways to score points for taking out a leader or holding an objective or just like different ways of getting tournament points towards your total score. And I don't think that Underworld should have that. Like that reminds me of all the other GW games. And I just don't, I don't like the, you know, kill the warlord style of point or, you know, four corners. And I don't think four corners were in there, but I, you know, remember playing 40 K and AOS and you, you know, those type of points, those tertiary objectives, if you will. Um, So I deleted all of those out, but I kept their um, scoring system for wins and ties because I actually kind of liked it. And in my head, I could not fathom a way that the points didn't add up and like reward the person that won the most games. And and technically they would, but what could have ended up happening is for a, a game that you won 2-0, you got six tournament points, right? For a game that you won, if you dropped a game, you got four tournament points. If you like tied, you went one like one win, one loss, and then tied the third round, you would have got three. And then um, if you took a game from somebody, so like let's say you lost the match, but you went one and two during that match, you got a single point. So given the fact that it was only a three-round tournament, what ended up happening is both you and Jimmy dropped a round but took a game in that round. So you got a point, and you both 2 owed somebody. So you both had seven points, where Steven, who was sitting at 2-0, and dropped the game in both games, so he had eight points. So going into the last round, if you or Jimmy would have 2-0'd your last opponent and got six points, you could have dropped the game, scored 13 points, and Steven, who went ended up by going undefeated, could have had 12. And then I would have been like, oh my lord. So anyway... That was my mistake in writing the packet and not seeing all the angles and trying to modify something that was out there. 
Um, so I'll make that adjustment in my packet going forward. But luckily, Jared, I had two trophies with me. So if it had it happened, we just would have had two winners. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you solved a problem you didn't even know you had. <laughs> there you go. Look at that forward thinking. I love it. It, it was, yeah, there was an old <laughs> moment, though. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to make a TO call that goes against a packet that no one rang. Red. So nice. it's good stuff. Yeah. You know, the other thing that came up, too, is we stayed on time, which was the other thing that I was worried about, um, regardless of how many people that we had show up. Like, Underworlds has just grown from how long it takes to play a game to the fact that we're coming out of COVID, where the only time that we've played games are just, yeah, we had the league, but none of those games were tied, timed. Like, you could have showed up and played however long you wanted, played one game a night. Heck, when you and I play, sometimes it takes us an hour and 15 minutes to get to through a single single match, like a single yeah. round, right? Yeah. So I was a little worried about that, but everyone finished. We we ended up by going over 10 minutes on the first round because of setup, and we stayed about 10 minutes behind the entire day. So it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I will say that like playing in person, getting best of three in in a time limit, for the first time in two years, three years. I don't know. When was that? So uh, Black Library weekend at the Fayetteville store. Oh, that was still best of one. It was still best of one. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I couldn't tell you the last time I played full on. Yeah. Wow. Was it really? Yeah, it was Nova. Gosh, yeah. So two and a half years ago was the last time I played a timed best of three round. Yeah, it was rusty. There was definitely some rust because it's like, <laughs> wait, where are my boards? How do I do this? I don't just get to like do this all virtually and it's all done for me. Oh, I have to shuffle my cards again. Oh, I have to shuffle my cards again because I decided to uh, not use these objectives or these upgrades or both. Um, but it was good because I, yeah, I definitely feel like the first round was. Uh, yeah, we were all a little rusty, but I think rounds two and three, we were pretty spot on. And, uh, you know, and good opponents, you know, actually working to speed things up, because I think we all commented after the first round, like, oh, yeah, all of these steps need to move faster. Yeah, well, just getting my observation, because that's the nice thing about TOing is you just get to sit there and observe interactions yeah, in the setup part of game one, everyone was like, all right, let me get my tokens and set up my stuff. And there was, like, no sense of urgency whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. like, all right, come on, let's go. <laughs> so, no, it was, it was good. It was fun. Um, it was also a, a strange experience to be the peanut gallery. Like, because I am such a... I have such a love and a passion for the game, and I love to like teach and say hey why did you do this like i mean when we go to pickup games like that's what i do all the time like why did you do this or what were you thinking here do you really want to do that or hey maybe you should take that glory right like right can't do that as a to so there was a lot of times that i was just like biting my finger i'm like oh my what are you doing you're forgetting to take glory oh like you didn't delve that objective and you're just gonna get hit like for like the full like why don't you delve bye bye yeah so, but it was very interesting. Like, we, um, I know I as a player will often, like, in the middle of the game, go, oh man, 
I should have done, I should have moved that fighter over here and I should have done this and I should have done that. And uh, like, or I do something and it's like, oh man, I made a mistake. I should have done this and I would have scored that. And then I repeat it, right? Because I'm telling myself like, hey, the next time this situation happens, don't make the same mistake, you silly. But observing, because that happened a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. It happened a couple times during the games um, this past weekend. And I'm going to try to never do that again. Because a lot of times that it happened were you were in the position, like the, the person saying that was in the position that they were winning. And you could see the opponent just go, are you, are you asking me to take it back? Like they didn't say it out loud, but yeah. you've said it so many times. It was like, you were like implying it and it, it made kind of this like awkward kind of tense situation in the game when really it didn't matter. Cause I saw a lot of mistakes from all players this weekend and it I, mistakes is probably too harsh different ways of going about things than my thought, seeing the cards, seeing the board state, they just made different decisions. And in the end, I don't think any of those quote unquote mistakes or different decisions played out in a negative way or like lost the game. There may be one or two, but it wasn't, wasn't as many as I thought. So going forward, I'm not going to comment when I mess up. As much. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, I wonder if mentally when you're in a tournament setting like that, if there's a switch that gets flipped where it's just implied that you're not asking for a take back and you're just verbally processing something. Because I think that's like, I don't. I don't think that I would ever ask to take something back in a tournament. Like but that. just but just by mentioning it. So let's say like I mean everybody knew each other this weekend, right? So maybe yeah. it, maybe I'm reading it wrong. But if you're sitting at Nova and that person across the table doesn't know you and nothing else has happened, right? Like you move a fighter and you're on the objective, you roll the dice and you've kind of moved on to the next step but they haven't activated or they haven't played a power card and you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, I should have, I should have moved them here. Not that you shouldn't have attacked, but you should have moved them here. And it doesn't really like make any impact on what happened, but you keep saying it It, like, and the opponent kind of like looks up at you. Are they like, no one wants to be a jerk. Most people don't want to be a jerk. Right. Like, but yet if they give you that advantage, like you've already made the mistake, so just, or you've played it differently than you than you intended to. Yeah. Um, so you're just putting them in a bad situation. At least that's, and I did that. Like I definitely have done that. Yeah. Maybe it's the repeated thing that that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, maybe that's it. I think I think that's a good insight. I think saying, oh man, I I, gosh, I moved that fight to the wrong spot. Okay, moving on. Like, if you say it in that way, it's very clear, like, you're just verbally processing a a misplay or a a different way of playing. But then you've also verbally cued, okay, I'm done, let's move on. Which would be very different than sitting across the table from somebody that keeps going like, gosh, why didn't I put him there? 
and then you you know you play a power card and then i'm like man uh why did i move him there like without acknowledging like okay yes i there's a difference there i i can see that um and as as an opponent like if somebody i think you're right i think if somebody says ah i i should have moved him somewhere else okay your power step i think that's a very different verbal cue than my opponent just repeating over and over and over i should have yeah. moved somewhere else or i should have attacked a different fighter or whatever so yeah and and in that regard now i am going to be self-conscious about how i verbally process something that maybe i don't think that i did correctly or no. that wasn't maybe the in the best intention for me winning the game especially if i'm up on glory yes i but the but underworld is so swingy it's like so it's so hard and i know that i know locally some of our new players have not seen that yet but you and i we've we got we have so many games under our belt we, we've just seen that like three four glory lead i mean you observed that this weekend right because your yep. dice went cold yep you're, you're like oh this game is in the bag and legitimately if any one of those four attacks go through yep. the game is still in the bag yep but they didn't no they did not <laughs> And, you know, Steven was able to chip away at that glory lead and, you know, and it went the opposite way of what it looked like round two. Yeah. So, well, good. So, I mean, that's my, any, any other questions about, you know, like the eyes on the nine sitting on the sidelines, just waiting for their chance to get in there. <laughs> I think it would have been fun to see what you put together for them as a, as a kind of a ringer deck so that, Nobody has to have a buy, but, you know, isn't necessarily playing a full tilt game. Oh, they they would have. I would championship would have been championship. <laughs> Another piece of glass to put on the mantle. Uh, that would have been funny. You coming in as the ringer and getting a better so, record than everybody else. How many how much card glory was in your deck? Uh, that's a good question. A lot. Plus 15, primacy. 16. Plus primacy. Hold on. I don't actually have the deck pulled up. Let me. Well, I think because I think Steven said he was around 15. Um, Trace and Jimmy with the cards they were running, they had to be around 15 or 16, if not more. I think I was a little high because I took some high risk, high reward stuff, which did not pan out for me. Uh. 17 total glory plus primacy 17 plus primacy yeah i had 13 killing it 13 there was only one one two glory, two glory card in the entire objective deck nice it would have been it still would have been fun but i'm glad it didn't so uh so yeah so that was the the to experience what are your thoughts on rivals plus now we this is the first time that we've really played it yeah what are your what are your thoughts so I'm pretty sure I like it. And uh, as a former, all we ever played was championship because that's all that there really was to play. Um, other than, you know, the occasional, I mean, we weren't calling it rivals because rivals was not a word, but when we introduced a new player to the game, we took the beast grave 
starter box and we said, okay, do you want goat elves or do you want goat goats? <laughs> and okay, here are your fighters. Here's your deck. You're done. Um, but beyond that, you know, we didn't do any like warband only games. Um, so there was a lot of deck construction in championship and it felt very competitive. And I think Rivals Plus comes close to repeating that experience. Um, when you play Rivals, you're, you make one choice for a warband, and then gameplay comes down to in-game choices and dice. And with Rivals Plus, now you choose a warband, one of 36? 37 something a large number i think i think we're at 30 36 35 something like that something it's an odd number because of because uh what's his name is out black powder is out so one of those choices times one of three choices for the supplemental deck so whether you choose silent menace illusory might or the essentials back so there's a multitude of choices to be made there. And then even within those, what cards from those supplemental decks are you choosing? What cards from your warband are you choosing to keep? And you have in-game decisions and dice. So now it's there's a lot more agency for both players, which feels more like uh, an even playing ground. And now it is my choices against your choices unless weighted towards, oh, well, you have chosen Iron Souls Condemners and I have chosen Dreepers Creepers. Like, that things are stacked heavily already in that alignment. And I think they get stacked a lot less heavily just by adding Rivals Plus. Because now you can supplement all of the weaknesses of your Warband or key into those strengths um, and really, you know, start to refine something down. Not as well as you can refine uh, doing full-on championship format, but I mean, it it certainly it felt good to play against, and I, I credit to my opponents. Um, you know, it it felt like they had all made good choices, you know, in their deck construction, good choices in their gameplay to really scratch that really head-to-head. You know, like I'm I'm busting my head against your head trying to win this game out versus oh like you chose dreepers and i chose the spoilers i guess we know how this game is gonna go yeah do you do you think well first off can you believe it 39 39 39 that's it's crazy that is crazy because to your point like i mean that's my one of the things that has kept rivals very fresh and fun for me even though I still love championship is because it's more about warband decision. Like you read the meta on is somebody playing a big beastie? Like is someone playing a Canaan? Is someone playing Rothgorn? Um, or is like the meta more griblies, two wound fighters that are out there? Or is it, you know, kind of like what we saw this weekend? Is it four man, for um character warbands or 
resilient elite warbands and steel hearts. Um, and then the warband is part of that construction choice from a rival standpoint. And that is further um, shown in rivals plus is like, that is part of a major part of picking if you're going to be successful or not. And I'm not saying like, yes, there, there's going to be innate, innate war bands that are just have better odds, right? Like dreepers because they have good fighters and they have good cards, but you know, what war band, like if you think everyone's going to be playing a death war band, like what war band goes into them? Well, right. Like what war band has access to cleave or has access to, um, ensnare to go up against them. Um, so I, I think that that is really cool part of Rivals and Rivals Plus. I guess another point is is everyone, like Rivals, an average game is what? 11, 12, 13 glory. What yeah. was your like average game for glory in a Rivals Plus game? Uh, I mean, average is not a good choice for me. <laughs> my but losses was, were pretty low. Were low. Um, yeah, but my wins were all pretty high. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I scored 20 glory in one game. I scored 17 glory in one game. So, I mean, I mean the ceiling ceiling goes much higher mm-hmm. in Rivals Plus. And then uh, you also scored, what, four or five in some? Yeah. Yep. But isn't that the way championship goes? I mean, I guess that's true. It's, Especially it's, with an aggro warband. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you get, if you get shut down early somebody can keep you from doing what you're trying to do, especially with an aggro warband, then yeah, then I, yeah, it can flip down pretty quick for you. That's a good point. But the other, the other piece of that is even looking at the other games, right? So I guess, I, you know, just for clarification, we had a Canaan's Reapers won the event, right? Yep. So there was that. Um, second place was Steelhearts. Third was the head, the Mad Mob. Yep. And then fourth was um, Megors. Megors Fiends, right? So just for the context of, context of what we keep referring to, um, but I, watching all the games, like they all were in double-digit glory. Most of them were above 15. Yeah. I think Megors and Steelhearts at one point, I think they had like a 13-14 game only because fighters didn't die. So Yeah, yeah. That was it. <laughs> Um, so I think that the glory ceiling goes a little bit back up with rivals plus, um, did you felt like you were missing anything though? Like, like missing the challenge while building and construction constructing or your opponent having an unfair advantage? I don't think so. I don't think on the deck construction side, I think that there were some gameplay mistakes that I made. Um, that probably cost me games, but I don't think that it was anything about that construction other than, I mean, I maybe could have taken it easier to score, but like those, I didn't feel like I didn't have choices for those, I guess is a good point to make. Like I actively chose higher risk, high reward cards, knowing that there were lower risk, lower reward cards available for me. Um, so, yeah, like I don't feel like I was missing anything. I think the one thing that I that it really would be missing would be like stretching 
play style. Like with the Mad Mob in Rivals Plus, you're still kind of stuck on some aggro. Like you're, I mean, really digging into the aggro more so than in Championship because in Championship, there are so many ways to gain primacy and so many ways to score off of having primacy or not having primacy. Um, I mean, there are cards, you know, I mean, Underdog is a great one, right? Like, mm. you know, let's say you kill somebody and you get primacy, but you got the glory for the kill, probably some objective off of that. So you're already up to, well, then there are cards to then give your opponent primacy. And then, so now, okay, they go up one, but now you get two more. So it's still like a net three gain off of that play. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify an underdog for our listeners that aren't familiar with that card, um, it's a two glory score in the end phase card where if your opponent has the primacy token, you get the two glory, right? right. So, yeah. or they've scored three more objectives than you. Yes. Yeah. Good call. There is that. It is a hybrid objective. (laughs) Everyone forgets about the hybrid version. But yeah, I mean, so what you're saying is just so I'm following is if you're an aggro warband, like you're the the rivals style warband is aggro rivals. Plus, you're not flexing into a control build. No, (laughs) it is not likely. It is not likely. So really that rival, like all that does is the, the, the plus gives it more juice to be more aggro. Yeah. Or, I mean, or, or flexibility. Yes. No, it does. It, yeah. So everything that I picked was designed to hit into the aggro or maybe score objectives that from like from, so I chose Mad Mob and Essentials and I included Branching Fate because there's three dice attacks in Headcrackers. And I put dark darts in because it's a range three dice attack. So it could give me multiple opportunities to score that. But everything else that I took, fighters, ferocity, extra damage, glory seeker, extra damage, great fortitude, extra resilience. So surviving to be able to swing back, great strength. Um, center of attention, pull somebody in if I get knocked back, counter charge. So get, you know, help me reposition or, or get better positioning. Duel of wits just gets more cards and sidestep. Again, that's a, you know, help out the aggro situation more yeah. than anything else. And then yeah. everything else was either kill things or survive. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you, do you think that Rivals Plus is where we go locally? Does it ever go further than Rivals Plus? I don't think it'll go further than Rivals Plus anytime soon. Um, okay. And I think this is, you know, we've had, conversations not as part of the podcast around this is i i think that the shutdown i think that covid did real damage to warhammer underworlds and its play especially here in the states um on the at the championship level because people aren't getting together with their local communities people no one i mean events weren't happening and so, like, it just doesn't exist. So, I don't know that it's where the game goes anytime soon for our community. I think Rivals Plus will 
scratch that itch for anybody that wants that itch scratched. And then Rivals is always a fallback for just fun pickup games and where the goal is to just hang out and roll dice and play games. Are you okay with it? Like, let's say two years from now, all we have is Rivals Plus. Like, does that scratch enough itch for it to still be competitive enough for Jared? Are there championship events happening? No. Like, or is literally, the whole, like I'm, everything like, is going to Rivals Plus? No, I'm not talking, like, globally or nationally. I'm talking just in Raleigh. And let's face it, like, you and I, we get to attend one large event every yeah. year. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, even we've been twice. Like, so let's just throw that out. Sure. Like, we're just playing in Raleigh. We're just playing with the same 10 to 12 people or, you know, the, some go, some new, whatever. Yeah. Rivals Plus, is it enough for you to be like, there's enough here to figure out over and I, over again? I think there is enough now. I think that what's going to determine whether that continues or not is how the game designers handle it moving forward. Like, what do future supplemental deck options look like? And if there are tough choices to be made in just in choosing which supplemental deck to use, then I think it does scratch that itch. I think that, not to spoil it, but I think that if we continue to sit in the kind of world where we're sitting in right now, <laughs> I, I don't know that there is a lot of choice for most war bands, okay. which could be a little frustrating. That's not to say that I wouldn't find it fun. And it, and it still feels like a, a competitive head-to-head when I sit across the table from somebody, more so than just a rivals format. But I think that there there could be a danger in not forcing players to make tough choices in the supplemental deck that they choose. Okay. What about you? I don't know. I didn't get to play. I didn't get to. I didn't get to have this experience. Fair so. enough. I, but I think you're right. It just depends on do we continue to get these supplemental decks going forward, and are there tough choices? Because I think you know, in our next segment, you're going to see that I, like, I think differently. Like my, and you know, no spoiler because I didn't get to play them, but my eyes on the nine did not pick essentials, and it, and it wasn't because I was trying to make the deck like less um efficient from you know from a play standpoint if i had to play as the to it was just i thought that there was better options so yeah um so we'll see like yeah so if there is whatever a deck a season or a deck once a year like to give you those choices um but yeah i think we're i think we're to the point here that we should go to the next because i think we both want to say something about the decks Yep. And we've covered the tournament. We've covered your experience. Um, I think I'll close with, I would be very excited to play Rivals Plus. I was going, you know, into the tournament. Like, if I had to play, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun to see. Um, I love Rivals for the fact that I get to put my 39 painted warbands. I get to rotate those through and play them all. Um, I do like that part of it. Um, but adding a little a different flavor to 
each warband to make it a little more my own is where the game lives for me. So I think I would really enjoy Rivals Plus. So, but with that, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll jump into these decks. And we're back and we are here and ready to talk about uh i guess building a deck in rivals plus and why you would choose anything other than the essentials pack uh let's just get that out of the way so <laughs> you listened to the last segment you didn't jump through with the timestamps. uh you know i was alluding to maybe the current state of rivals plus lends itself to there not being tough choices to be made for most war bands um and that is because the essentials pack is packed and it is packed with Good choices. It's packed with garbage. It is. This is this is what. So, all four of you took essentials at our rivals plus. Yes. Except me, if I would have played. Yes. The most recent event at Bugman's, twenty-five of the I think it was like thirty-eight people. It was the essentials pack. Was the essentials pack. Um. So I obviously yet again think differently than everyone else out here. But this is why. Yeah. Because I think there is, like, the surges in the Essential Pack are, they're, one is good. The other ones pigeonhole you into a certain set that you have to do, right? And I don't know if the rest of the objectives offset the fact that I'm going to take one objective compared to the two other decks that we have and we'll get into those two other decks because the nice thing about essentials is you get 60 cards to pick from yep where the other ones you're getting 32 32. so it is twice as big we'll just call it twice as big even though it's two cards short or four cards short of it so there's a lot more choices and i'd be hard pressed saying that i couldn't make the gambits and the upgrades work from this deck but i think there's a certain certain set of warbands that like the objectives that we're about to talk about. Okay. And the only surge objective that I'm taking out of this that I think fits into, it doesn't force your play style is branching fate. Yeah. Because what did we do with all the rivals decks, Jared? We picked two very easy score surges that kind of started the glory. Yep. That's true. And there is really only one. That doesn't make you make a a, a charge. Like strong start, you need to go first or survive the first attack. Yep. And you literally could be putting yourself in a bad position to score strong start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no remorse requires a low wound damage. target with a high damage attack. And I mean, we've discussed this at length. Damage three out the gate is pretty rare in Rivals. It becomes a little more prevalent in Rivals Plus, mostly because Steel Hearts exists and they have two, <laughs> two smash three damage fighters. But um, it, yeah, no remorse and strong start are not easy surges to score. And Victorious Duel is the one high risk, high reward card that I did not take. Um, but I mean, that one's pretty easily defended against. Is just keep your leader away from their leader. Uh, yeah. So, so Victoria, Victoria's duel is fine if you're playing 
Molog, right? Like, yeah, no, that's true. There are like Victorious Duel has had its day in the sun, and it's not a terrible surge because it's worth two. Yeah, but you had like you lose your leader, it's done. You the let's say your activation two of round two, and you can take out their leader with your dangle bro. Right. You're gonna tell me you're not gonna do that. You're just gonna let their leader run ramshot through the rest of your. No, I'm totally arena. gonna take out their leader with my dangle bro. So there you go. There's a surge. Bow. Yep. Done. Yep. And then, like I said, strong start. Like we've played with strong start a long time in championship, and it's a great. If I'm taking essentials, yes, yeah, strong starts making it in my deck. But it it can force a charge, and then I get four wax back at you. Or. You score another surge, kill a fighter with that surge, mm-hmm. and then you draw a strong start. Yes. Because that happened to me. No, oh, see? Yep. Bricking then, your deck. Now you're now my now my deck is bricked. Make sure I say that properly. <laughs> Not like the pre-show. Not like the pre-show. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So branching branching fate is the only like again, if I'm taking this, yep. I'll dabble in no remorse we saw it we saw it in our little play test um this weekend someone took no remorse but everyone took elite war bands so yeah. that never scored nope so yeah. anyway yeah no um let's talk about the other one so um timeout timeout Time out. So as we're talking about these cards, we should mention more warbands that like to take it, right? Yes. So Branching Fate, anyone that has a three dice fighter yep. out or, the gate yep. is... Or, or multiple three dice fighters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like Branching Fate is a very, very good objective. Um, so who has three, like other than Thorns, who started with three dice and Mad Bomb? Uh, Tooth Dagger. Tooth Dagger. And then both uh, Headcracker and Daco go to three dice when they inspire. Okay. So that, yeah, that fits there. Steelheart's had three dice. Yep. I don't I don't know if you know this, but there's a ploy in the Essentials pack called Determined Effort. Mm-hmm. Plus one dice. But it's not enough if I only get plus one dice one time. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you don't want to take Branching Fate if all of your fighters are on two dice. This is like 44%, 44% it scores, which is yeah. a good, good odds, but yeah, yeah. you burn your resources and then you never have another chance. Right. Um, strong start is any aggro war band, like anyone yep. that can, can dome someone. And then I think I mentioned Molog with vicious duel or, yep. um, you know, even Kanan's reapers. Kanan's like reapers is, is a good choice. Hidden for three. Yeah. Prothcorn. Good choice. The pirate, not the pirate. Well, I mean, he's the Isaac. He's not a bad choice for it. Not he's not as resilient choice. as Rothcorn. He's not, but this if you're. But he, but he's range two, three damage, just yeah. like Kanan. Okay. So. All right. So then, moving on to the end phase objectives, I think we have to talk about making a statement. Yeah. Gosh. Painful. The great card in. Arrow deep. So or this is an in phase if your warband holds each objective in one opponent's territory. Three glory. Three glory. 
for standing on one objective. But it's so easy to counter. It is easy to counter. And in championship, it gets some play, but not as much play because it's easy to counter. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's harder to counter in. I think it could be harder to counter in Rivals Plus because you're you may be more worried about making sure that you can score your stuff, especially in game one, than you would be in preventing your opponent. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a Harrow Deep card with the with the gloom. Yeah, I'm just saying like if I'm playing Rivals Plus and someone has essentials. I'm going to flip. Yeah, just flip one. Just move a fighter onto one and flip it. And just, just flip it. let it sit in the back and who cares. Yeah, and you're probably right. Like in championship, it's a little bit harder because you have people that are playing objectives more. Yeah. So, okay. Or or you may even naturally counter in championship because. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't know how many people are taking hold objective cards in rivals plus like hold in your territory cards i mean i would i would take one through five yeah why not those are great cards <laughs> especially because you know where the numbers are i guess you know where your numbers are your numbers are yes yeah. um okay so making making a statement and that really would fit with anybody that wants to play in the other person's territory yep um Especially if you're going up against a non-objective warband, it's a good uh, good card take. Um, Path to victory, you know, is another another yep. good one. Um, standing on two objectives, holding a two objectives when you've taken out an enemy fighter during um, the previous action phase. Uh, again, any aggro warband likes to do this. It's not as fluent though because you have to be standing on objectives, right? So you have to delve them. You have to have two fighters positioned on objectives while still taking out a fighter. See, and that's where I get, this is where I start, like after making a statement, this is where I start to lose why essentials is is good, right? So Yeah, I can tell you Path to Victory, uh, not always easy to set up. Okay. And do you think in Rivals Plus, is there enough glory to score great gains i had it scored on me did you i did yeah just once though uh no like twice (laughs) okay yeah so great gains is you score five glory in this this round Um, and for you know our listeners typically the way that this is scored is you'll get a surge and a kill so that gets you to two um, you'll either get another kill or another end phase score, and then that brings you into into this, um, uh, you know, to score that five. Because the end phase, the way that you rotate through the cards, you can select what you score in the end phase to add to that five glory points to score yep. this. And if you have making a statement or two versions of making a statement, <laughs> yeah for steel arts yeah um that's uh that's so it was jimmy that jimmy took great gains and scored it the both games that i lost to jimmy he scored it because he had a three three i'm trying two to two 
three glory any end phase cards. So. Yeah. Yep. There's there's not a lot of score three glory cards in Rivals Plus period. Right. So uh, yeah, okay. So all right, now maybe it's ticking back up with those. Um, you know, I think the other one to talk about out of the essentials, well, really three, the three third end phase cards. I think the most prevalent, at least around here with us locally, is pure carnage. Um, where it's seven fighters out of action, correct? Correct. Yep. Uh, in the third end phase, seven fighters in total. That's including enemy fighters and your fighters for three glory. Yep. Um, and this one plays really well into larger war bands. Um, like when you're kind of like trying to mitigate losing glory. So like Kanan's Reapers, we've played it this week. We see it a lot in Reavers. So if you were playing Reavers, this might be a a reason to take um essentials yep or the oh my goodness the goats the spoilers uh, the spoilers because then so you they can have double their two down. glory i can't remember the name of it but two glory because five fighters are out five total fighters are out and there's at least one friendly surviving fighter yep double down on that yeah i like it but in the end if i'm just looking at if i have my war band and i'm solely picking my complementary deck off of what i think my war band does and i look at these objectives i know that this weekend we had three aggro war bands that chose essentials but there are more hold objective sir or hold objective objectives in this deck than there are aggro no that's true so you know. Yeah. But anyway, the objectives of the weakest. Let's move on to the gambits. Oh, the gambits. So, what do you what do you S- like out of here? Yes. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're all. Yeah, there's a lot good in here. Um, so just positioning wise, you've got center of attention, confusion, sidestep. Um. Mirror move. Mirror move. Counter charge. So free movement mm-hmm. on on all of these cards. Um and and that I mean being able to move without making a move action, being able to get back adjacent to a fighter without having to charge in order to get attacks off is huge. Um Duel of Wits is nice because it lets you cycle. Well, it's. Uh, I think the other key thing too is when you're building a Rivals Plus deck, restricted cards don't matter. That's true. Yeah. So Dual Woods is restricted because it is that strong. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like this is where Essential starts to win because yeah. there's 20 gambits, and there's maybe three that I would argue like don't take those. Uh, you're not taking Lethal Ward. Correct. You're not taking Inspired Command? No. no. Inspired Command is good. Oh, no, that one is good. Yeah. I'm not taking... Um, Flickering Step? Roll a dice, choose keen, one fighter. Keen Avid. Keen Avid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking that one. 
And yeah, yeah, because you play it, your your opponent that's sitting on an objective token is just like, okay, cool, I'll delve it. <laughs> um, maybe misdirection, just because there's not a lot of opponent choose. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but anything else? I think if you picked it like daily robbery, I can't believe. That I, 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 it was on the it was a bubble it was a, was bubble, a bubble card for me yeah ended up yeah. not taking it i don't know how much of a difference it would have made it's 50 50 anyway and it has to be in your hand when you need it so the only other one that i would say i would not take is no time just because i don't given rivals limited format i don't know if i need to shut down the power step yeah. as much maybe maybe in certain matchups i do if i'm playing hold objective but is not as prevalent as as we'd like um i think that the the big winners out of here besides dual wits so you know just to stay in our normal format of pick three it would be sidestep is just yep always good yep mighty swing yeah um yeah nothing like watching two orcs die (laughs) <laughs> one attack um in center of attention just yeah. because center of attention it can be used in so many different ways um whether it's what you want to push you you want to push them you want to set up the, the a mighty swing you want to set up a movement for you um it's a really really good card and i'll throw a honorable mention into inspired attack just because yeah. it's plus one damage, plus one dice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I gotta say about gambits. I like it. They're great. They are great. This is what makes it hard to not pick yep. essentials. Yeah, it's like I guess maybe I won't score the objectives, but I'm gonna kill all of my opponent's fighters, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so. I kick things off for gambits. What do you think about the upgrades, Jason? I mean, they're just as good. And the, I think the big thing with the, the upgrades is you have access to a lot of damage, yes. which is what we've always harped on that you don't have in Rivals. Yeah. The fact that you have Fighter's Ferocity, Glory Seeker, and Great Strength, Yes, that is very hard to overcome to not pick this deck to yeah. build with. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, I mean, there's everything else that's in there that's good, too. Um you know, I mean, great fortitude. Who doesn't like plus one wound? That's um, correct. Swordbreaker is a great attack action upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark so Swordbreaker is three hammers, two damage. Yep. It has another thing on a critical hit. You can make the um, your target discard a, a attack action upgrade. That doesn't really come in. It's you're taking it for the three hammer, two di- two damage. Yeah, that you're putting on like, uh, like dibs or yeah, or gnarl or <laughs> yeah, some two wound one dodge fighter that's two wound one dodge fighter. You just need to be a missile. Um, and then I mean, there's other stuff that's in there that's good too. Dual to speed is great for Kanan. Um, great for uh, Hrothgorn or for Malog. Mm-hmm. Um. And even quickening greaves, being able to push at the end or push at the beginning, yeah, to score, making a statement or 
to get into gloom or out of gloom or or just to gain two like if you have a three wound or three move fighter yep you equip this in the round you push at the end of the round and then you push the beginning of the next round right so yeah Yeah, there's, I mean, I like it. there's a lot to compliment everybody. So, yeah, just in summary, I'm not big on the objectives. I think you really need to to leverage the warband to score some of the objectives. There are four or five, eh, we'll say four, that you can make any warband work with. But the gambits and upgrades complement every warband in the game the way they want to be complemented or what you want to get done with them. So we will rate the Essentials Pack for Rival Plus what, Jared? Gold. Platinum. Platinum? Yeah. It just gets that, gets that platinum, even with yeah. the weaker objective yeah. side? I, yes, and I think you alluded to this in the last segment, is this could be very difficult for Rivals Plus to live and inspire creative thinking in the future because this deck or these cards are kind of like the no brainer. Yeah. But to grow the game for us, I think it's kind of good because you get a new person in through rivals and they're like, Hey, let's try deck building. Let's try to take this game to the next level. Well, what should I buy? The essentials pack, the essentials pack, just go buy the essentials pack. Yeah. And you will be able to make something happen for every war band that you own. Yes. Because they're essential. They are essential. All right, let's move on to another one. All right. The the platinum's done. Platinum's done. So you alluded to this, eyes of the nine. What'd you take? Oh, you're going to make the word I can't say. Illusory. Illusory might. Illusory illusory might. (laughs) I like like this deck. You do like this deck. I'm using a lot of the cards in championship. Um, I built with it. It is. It's just fun. It complements objective play. It complements the, the war bands that I like to play. They have multiple wound fighters. Just as like our rivals review of this. Right. But now the fact that I can pick and choose out of it yep. really can leverage the shenanigans that I want to do in my deck building. Um, I think the no brainer from an objective just to kick it off is horrors in the dark. Yep. Um, so surge hybrid score this immediately after activation. If two or more friendly fighters are in cover hexes that are not in your territory or two or more friendly fighters hold objectives that are not in your territory. Uh, yep. We we've covered this in the review, but it can fit. It can fit aggro. It can fit um, hold objectives. Yes, you have to be in enemy territory or not your territory, but it's easy to set up during placement of your gloom hexes, uh, and it's a score immediately. And if you have a push, you might be able to even score it, you know, kind of through the power step into your activation. Yeah. Um, Grimwatch like this card. Yeah be pushed in any way to keep people out of your territory so mm-hmm. 
the problem I had with building the deck turd is to take some of the other surges, you you have to kind of leverage this deck even more. So illusionary uh, nemesis, like you have to have illusions in your deck to yes. run that. Yep. Right. Illusion, illusionary. God, I hate that word. I just hate it. It does not compute in my brain. God. <laughs> Scored immediately after a friendly fighter. Like, never mind. You just have to have an illusion in your deck, right? Like, so yeah. I'm not even gonna really because it's not oh. unless you're building for it. And I did with the eyes of the nine. I did build. Um, the only one other score immediately that you may take if this is the deck that you're selecting is shock troops. So it's score this immediately after an activation if one or more friendly fighters hold an objective in enemy territory that has a number equal to the number of the fighters upgrades. So kind of have to like look at those objectives when you're placing them down. If you get one, if you get objective one, place it where you can get into the territory, flip it and have one objective. Um, Or one or more friendly fighters have more upgrades than there are surviving enemy fighters. Matchup dependent, but if you're playing against steel hearts, you can do yeah. this. Just throw four upgrades on somebody. <laughs> Anything out of the end phase ones that you might take if you selected this? I mean, we talked about trace the ley lines. Yeah. I mean, you know the numbers, so um, you know, you might be able to figure that out. Um I feel like there was another one, but now I can't remember. Out of time. Yeah, that's the one. So just holding your warband holds the number of objectives equal to the round or the number of friendly fighters in cover X is equal to the round. Yeah. So again, early game, really easy one, glory. Yep. Um so that's kind of the the objectives that I'm building around. Shadow match is also one of my favorite to take. And that's just you're holding an objective that's equal to your wound characteristic. Uh, or you have upgrades equal to the wound characteristic on the fighter. Again, only one. And that's like kind of the downfall of this deck. It's only 16 glory like that you get to choose from while building. So it's kind of low. Um, but what, what war bands you think we're taking this deck with Jared, like we covered in the other segment, we thought gets could run this deck. Yeah. Just straight up run with gets. Right. Um, and I think like if I get to pick gets faction cards and this. Yeah. I think that gets pretty good. I think it does. Um, I mean, I think I think a lot of the the stipulations that we put on on the previous episode, I think you know, you would need a, a variety of wounds characteristics. Um, and probably more than three fighters. Be able to have fighters near objectives or be able to push fighters onto cover hexes or. Or or what have you, so, I mean. Eyes of the nine. Not the worst choice. You got four, three, two, two, two coming out the gate as far as wounds characteristics are concerned. Yeah. Um, or if somebody bops the blue, you've even got a one wound fighter. Flips to the brims. So, I mean, even that's still an option. Um, 
the the whole the whole deck was really for me the why I chose it with the eyes of the nine was I kind of had the bully um Chikarik, Chikarik, I forget his name right Kacharik, I believe Kacharik. he sits in my territory kind of protects my territory I also have um Vortimus to do that as well and then you use the upgrades to on the two dangle bros yeah uh, narvia narvia and tarash i believe their names tarash, are. yep they are um, got it um throw it throw them away like they're fast they can run in and and use the the upgrades to do damage and then really the blue just sitting in their territory um, yeah holding objectives and and shooting when when he when he can but just being that nuisance and if you if you bop him i don't really care yeah. um you know, because they do have some, they have some um, in-faction ploys or gambits that I would take with, as well as magic. Um, but here I was taking, like, Cover of Darkness to push, um, Illusory Find to get get um, stuff out of my deck. Yeah. Um, I also think that this complements... Um, just had it and i i lost it just, oh no sh- just ran away from me that's terrible <laughs> oh rats so i mean oh, yeah. we talked about that in the other episode uh, again the rats have a lot of a lot of um in faction cards that are going to complement them as is but i think with the weapons just yeah lurking scaven lurking scaven out the gate with the phantom fists throwing a five move two dodge fighter (laughs) wherever you want and busting somebody for two damage pretty accurately yeah and the other the other faction that i'm going to throw out there that i think that really fits in here um really well is black power black powder oh yeah because you got the monkey and the two Noblars that can all take attack take action upgrades. Yep. Yep. Because he's going to do what you're going to take the cards that complement Black Powder himself, and then you take these cards to to kind of complement the rest of the Warband. And I think that that's where the Rivals deck struggles is there's just not a lot of cards to complement the other fighters, and this this does it. So yeah, um, I like it. And then just for like so the best. The best uh, upgrades would be, you know, fist, shield, spear, uh, ephemeral fortitude gets a ton of play in championship. Uh, yeah. I think you can leverage this here, and then weapon master. Even though it might not see as much play in other formats, the fact that you have access to the the illusionary upgrades, like weapon master, is real easy to get get on, and then yep. get get the the perk for it. So. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it applies. If you put Phantom Shield and then either of the other range 1 or range 2 attack action upgrades on, then you have paid no glory. And now you have a 3 smash, 3 damage attack or a 2 smash, range 2, 3 damage attack. So, pretty hard not to complain about. Are you on mute, Jason? No. Maybe. don't think that was true. 
so I just said, cool. Is there anything else that we have to hit on this? Like, I don't lar- think so. Large war bands with like expendable fighters looking for the glass cannon. Yep. Um, you know, the, just another point about gets too is they have infestation, which gets you over the glory cap. So yeah, it does. Is it, it's five <laughs> glory for holding all for objectives holding in one tear. And yeah, for holding all the objectives on the board. So. Oh, all the objectives on the all, board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it once. Or if okay. you're playing against us. Always, because you don't block it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. All right, let's move on to the the last one. The last one, the old silent menace. Silent menace. Dennis the menace. So. Who? What war bands are we taking with this? So we've already established that we don't like this deck by itself. No. Does it hold any water, like as a building tool? So I think you run, into, you actually run into a similar problem that you run into with the essentials pack. Is I don't think that the objectives are very good, but I think that the gambits and the upgrades, like, okay. have some teeth to them. So, um, uh, I think. Probably the only objective that I really, the only surge that I really like in this deck is Impending Doom. Okay. So that's score this immediately after an activation. If one or more enemy fighters are adjacent to two or more friendly fighters, um, I mean that happens a lot, or it's something that you can pretty reasonably set up. Um, but the other surges are pretty specific. They would not be cards that we would feature in a review where it may like where okay i'm definitely taking this or this is the one that i want to hunt for because it's going to help seed that early glory yeah i mean orchestrated kill is a good one for certain war bands and yes. there's a card in here that gives you an extra support that you could make that one work as your two but i think you are right i think back we're back to the essentials for at least surges like they're yeah. But then again, I am didn't give us a whole lot of surges either. So no, it did not. Nope. Um, nope. but I would argue that cold blooded killers for just having two fighter, two enemy fighters out of action is yep. really good. And demolish the opposition is played a lot in championship. Yes. Yes. So that's a score in the third end phase if there are no enemy fighters in enemy territory, or there are no more than one surviving enemy fighter. And just looking back at the games that we saw, that probably would have scored. And it's a three, three glory card. So yeah, yeah. And promise of destruction for for anyone that has persisting gambits could could work. So yeah, because that one's uh score this in an in phase if there are one or more persisting gambits. So it's pretty easy with uh. Worm spat with um. Um, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I think that the cycles go away at the end of the phase. Do they, or the end of the round? Yeah, I think so. Oh no. Well, Lumineth can do this then. Lumineth can do it. There you go. All day, all day, every day. Um, I think Starboat Stalkers can do it as well. Yes. Yeah, they have the. I can't remember what they're called. Astro. Yeah. Something's. It would le- leave it to Worm Spat to to not get the card that they need. To have an option, I'm actually gonna go look this up now. <laughs> Gotta figure this out. 
Clicky, clicky, warp spat, rival stick. Uh, persists until the end of the round, or you play another cycle ploy. So, womp, womp. End of the round, yeah. No. End of the round, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Say lovey. No, end of the round. Persists until the end of the round. And then... Promise of destruction is score this in an end phase if there are one or oh end of the round is end after round. scoring yeah yeah oh, okay yep you're good you're good it's not phase it's round it's not phase it's round yeah there we go warm spat Bam. silent menace actually in reality maybe not the worst one uh cool so we like impending doom and then maybe blooded killers promise to destruction promise to demolish, destruction demolish the opposition demolish the opposition um what is it uh how about untouchable swarm just kidding no 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 definitely not no orchestrated it, kill is nice yeah. play yeah i mean yeah so maybe it's i mean it's not as a deck on its own it is not viable but there are bits and pieces out of this objective deck uh, that are pretty good. Yeah, and then you got um, what is it, Martel? Marshall. Oh, God, my eyes. Marshall Adept. Oh yeah, one one or more friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades, or you've yeah. got two attack action upgrades on. Yeah, there's there are to me there are easier objectives in here than there are in essentials but it's just yeah. not they're not high glory yeah yeah that's fair okay so then we get to gambits what do you think about the gambits i mean i think the gambits are pretty good hypnotic buzz choose one enemy fighter within two hexes of one or more friendly fighters push the chosen fighter one hex pushing yeah. an enemy fighter it's pretty rare it is pretty rare you can set up impending doom. Can set up orchestrated kill. You can set up demolish the opposition. I mean, yep. it's definitely it. It's highly played in championship. Yeah. Um, wings, membranous Mem- wings. Membranous wings. Plus two move on a charge. Yeah. Now, granted, you're not using it like we've seen in other scenarios where you're scoring a surge card. Right. But plus two move can really complement a slow moving warband. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, or or help you keep a fighter safe, mm-hmm. you know, until the time is right. Well, it has so. to be with the charge, though. So, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Hold them back and slam it. Yeah, hold them back and then yep. slam them forward. You know, you, you keep Sepsimus in the back or you keep Fecula like all the way in the back until. You absolutely need, absolutely need her to come in. Um, or it lets you protect a low wound fighter that you're going to tool up to be a missile and then throw them in, do their job. Um, I like Symbiote's Call. I mean, it's always nice to be able to either flip an objective or push towards a feature token, flip a feature token or push towards it. Man, so I get to flip a token in my own territory and block that making the statement you do Ooh, man yeah. it's like it's it's good stuff right there it is like it's good stuff so 
If you're playing aggro and you're pushing into enemy territory anyway, swarming advance is nice. So choose one friendly fighter in enemy territory, push up to two other friendly fighters one hex so that they are closer to the chosen fighter. Yeah, free free pushes for your backfield fighters. Yeah. Um, Acidus Strike may not make the cut, but the fact that you have a limited pool like might make yeah. your, make it into then that one is um uh reaction play this after a friendly fighter's successful attack action picks one of the targets upgrades and discard that card i mean nothing like taking a great fortitude off you and yep. having you die so yep. uh, yeah even hidden sting like if you roll a crit it's a reaction uh, play this after a friendly fighter's successful range one attack action if there are one or more crits in the attack roll deal a damage to the target um and then i'm not going to read strength of the storm but if you're playing a mob warband right yes. so like then you have orchestrated kill impending doom and strength of the storm which gives you dice or damage for multiple supporting fighters yeah um man well and then you've got swarming strike so this is the one that sets up uh, orchestrated kill. Orchestrated kill is the first friendly fighter to make an attack action, and the next activation is considered to have one additional supporting fighter. So, oh man, and strength of the swarm. This effect persists until after the next. Oh, it's not a per. It's, I thought I was going to say persist all the way. Yeah, but it persists until after the next attack action made by a friendly fighter. So you can play it, and then now your opponent is sweating. When is he going to make an attack action? Actually, I play it in the fourth fourth power step, and I let it persist all the way to the next round, and I score Promise of Destruction. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, yeah. This, uh, you know what? This is the strongest deck there is now. No, yep. it's not. No. Um, anyway, so we've, I mean, we've covered almost every gambit in here and we found uses for it again. Like it's really got to complement a certain, certain war band. Um, you know, and I, I gravitate to the, you know, the, the swarmy style war bands anyway, oh, sure. but there is definitely, you know, if I was playing, um, dread pageant, this one might fit pretty well like i'm gonna get a kill i don't know if there's a i don't know if they have a persisting gambit i don't think so um but there could be some good synergy there um we already talked about the purifiers and um nurgle but i do think that there are warbands that can leverage this i just don't think a lot of people have have really looked at it and uh hypnotic buzz it's so really good. good. It's really good. And then you move uh, into. Well, I think Cunning Crew. I think Cunning Crew likes this one. Oh, oh yeah. So much support based stuff. And then we'll get into this too with weapon attack action upgrades coming up. But I, I think the, I think the Cunning Crew. I don't think the Cunning Crew hates this one. No, you're right. You are right. The Cunning Crew. This one would definitely. In, impending doom and orchestrated kill. I don't Does, think that they have a a persisting upgrade or a persisting gambit, but still, yeah. strength of the swarm is great for them. It is. So. Wow. Well, yeah, 
that's a great call out moving on to the upgrades i mean let's just hit it like augmented limbs is that not restricted in championship uh yeah it is totally restricted in championship (laughs) so that's a really plus one dice to range one attack actions and you're a quarry but i don't think quarry is going to come up that often in rivals plus i don't think that much keys off of it yeah i don't think quarry really matters in Um, but i mean are you kidding me like Oberyn and Steelheart would love to have plus one damage. Tooth Dagger would love to have plus one dice. Wallop would love to have plus one dice. You know, I think Morgok or Art Skull, all of them would have love yeah. to have an, an an additional dice on there. Yeah, that it's great. Who doesn't love accuracy? Who doesn't? It. Yeah. So. And then yep. the spear, like you know, the spear I mean, in this, like I mean, even the I mean, even the chitin scimitars. Before you jump over it, I mean, oh, I did jump over it, so yeah, three three for swords with cleave, and if you don't roll any successes, you get to reroll one dice. So, gosh, wouldn't that have been nice? It would have been, and I'm I'm now I'm second guessing because I use spears in my championship deck. Like, might might put this spear in there for the. The reroll if you have no successes, I like that because nothing's well, yeah, worse on two than two smash. Yeah. yeah, it's worse than rolling two smash. But then <laughs> in championship, you reroll it and you block yourself from scoring uh, contest of equals. There you go. Yeah. But then maybe the attack goes through, and that's probably better than scoring contest of equals anyway. <laughs> um, Savage Soldier, another restricted card in championship format. Yeah, Savage Soldier is really good, especially if you're if you're going up against Dreepers. Like you want that cleaving and snare. Um, granted, it's going to be a little bit harder in Rivals because it's like four upgrades to get there. Um, but the plus one dice by itself is yeah. is really really solid. Um, Silent Ring, you know, like because you're you're not going to have dual wits. Because you've chosen this, uh, Silent Ring can get you that kind of kind of ploy gambit, or I'm sorry, gambit and upgrade cycle going on, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, I'm thinking about Hrothgorn. I'm thinking about Molog. I mean, Cannon's Reapers. It's tough because every time I say that, I'm like, well, do they like these cards more than they like the Essentials pack, though? Yeah. So the the thing, because I when I look at Silent Menace, I'm almost like, why didn't when you're playing Kanan's Reapers, why don't you put this instead of Essentials? And I think the biggest difference is Glory Seeker and Great Strength. Yeah. I don't think that the I don't think you lose a lot from the gambits, but you need the extra damage, and that is yeah. hard. Hard to come by yeah. in this deck. Yeah. But but if I have access to three or four damage in my warband, it may not be as as hurtful. But I do think like I I I think that Canaan's Reapers and definitely the Cunning Crew. Like you hit on the Cunning Crew. Yeah. They really like this. I think that I think that Gits could like it. I don't know if they like it as much as Illusory might, 
I guess I the think... po- I guess the point is that as not good at all in a full rivals format silent menace is I think there's a lot to be had here in a rivals plus format yeah, especially if you have good like a pretty good choice of faction cards to start with and you just can supplement some accuracy supplement some damage with supports and stuff supplement a couple of objectives I think this can make a lot of sense yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I yeah, I think I would I think I would definitely go with the crew first. The cunning crew would be my first selection. Yeah. Um with this. And then I probably would try Kanan's Reapers. I would just have to look at how do I flush out my my glory. Yeah. And then And then I'd probably go Wormspat. Because Wormspat can be pretty aggro. And I don't really need a ton of damage because I really, to Inspire, I don't want a ton of things dead. I just want Plink damage everywhere. Yeah, that's true. So. Well, yeah. Huh. Cool. I, you know, I think... I think there are just options out there. I think Essentials is the easy pick. Yes. So if you're going to rate gold, you know, bronze, silver, and gold, Silent Menace and Illusory Might, like, what are you giving them? So I think Illusory Might gets a silver. I I mean, I got to say, depending on your choice, Silent Menace, it might be like, 60% 60% silver, 40% bronze, some some sort of alloy. <laughs> An alloy, yeah. Yeah, or maybe maybe a flip there. Maybe it's 60% bronze, but 40% silver. Overall, I mean, I think for Cunning Crew, I mean, we talked about this when we reviewed the Cunning Crew. They're they're hurting for damage, right? There's yeah. a lot of two damage in there, and it feels like Glory Seeker and Fighter's Ferocity and Great Strength would provide more persistent utility. But I don't know, getting plus one dice and plus one damage for having supports is pretty good. And then getting extras glory for doing what the Warband wants to do anyway by crowding around people. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think I would I think I'd kind of sum it up like this for the from an upgrade standpoint. Just purely upgrade. Okay. If I want damage, I'm going essentials. Okay. If I want dice, I'm going Silent Menace. Okay. If I want weapons, I'm going to Luzinary Might. Okay. And I, I think, think that's the, fair. And I think the gambits, I think the like obviously Essentials is the strongest. I think Silent Menace is a strong second because there's pushes and complementary damage, like different ni- niche things. And I think I am is probably the worst from from gambits. Like they're just not. You're just gonna say I am from now yeah, on. That's it. I can't say that word. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um. And then upgrades. Or I'm sorry. Objectives. I think it. I think the. I think the objectives is really the one that matters on your warband selection at all. 
like currently essentials has the the high end phase scoring with pure carnage making the statement path to victory i mean even conquest and denial yeah denial denial is a river it is a river in egypt (laughs) um so yeah i think that that's where like the objectives would be based on the the war band but i think you're getting the same amount of objectives out of any of the selection like if you take silent menace you're probably taking four or five if you take essentials you're probably taking four or five and i am i think you just have to build differently because they are so illusionary or i'm sorry illusion focused that you just have to build the deck a little bit differently to get all the objectives out of there gotcha and that's where i'm leaving it i like it i think that makes sense and hopefully right. it helps yeah hopefully hopefully next tournament we see a couple more things sprinkled in there yeah yeah i think uh, yeah i think i think you've hit it though i think it's going to be really dependent on what war bands people bring so cool well uh yeah so well, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll close out the show. And we are back and that will close us out. This has been episode 35 X ed rivals plus review. Uh, if you have not like subscribe, followed, whatever, we appreciate that. You can leave reviews everywhere. Um, if the content that we're creating has been useful, uh, reviewing it is probably the best way to help other people find it uh, other than direct referrals. Uh, and so, you know, we'd appreciate that. We literally make no money from this. We just want to produce stuff that people are using. So uh, want to grow the game, grow the do. game, grow the game. Yeah. So if we want it to be useful so that you can help your local community grow their underworlds play. Uh, yeah. Uh, this will be on in blog form. Uh, it should be the blog should be live whenever this episode gets published. Um, so you'll be able to find it at blog.battle-mallet.com. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. So uh, I just want to say thanks again, Jason, for standing around and watching people play Underworlds for six hours on on Saturday. <laughs> You're very all very you. welcome. I um, really. I'd like to watch Underworlds. I'd yeah. love, I'd love to see the interaction. So I'll do yeah. it again soon. Maybe, maybe I will just continue my streak of not getting glass, and I will volunteer as tribute to Tio the next one. Never, never, never. I, I, I truly just like to watch Underworlds being played in any way, shape, or form. So I'm fine doing it. Nice. Yeah, and you got to watch all the games, all the time. So, cool. Well, uh, yeah. So I guess that's it. So. For the Battle Mallet Podcast, uh, we are uh, <laughs> Swift Soldier and Impending Doom. Oh my goodness. You're reaching, you're reaching, you're reaching. Yeah, sorry. I, sh- I could have done better, but I didn't. <laughs> so this is what we have. Essentially, you have nothing. I should probably stay silent and 
not, not be such a menace. I get it. I understand. Menace. Yeah, yeah and, and probably not have illusory dreams That's of right. greatness. Yeah, it's so late you don't have the mic to continue, so it's, it's all right. Uh, this is Jared signing out. And I'm Jason Tableton-Marie. Thanks for listening. Get the hell out of here. Peace. podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Jason, born ready.